Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. over there brother ron sister yeah, miriam yeah good morning well it's a beautiful day here in north carolina how's my audio coming through for you uh, i hear you fine okay we are connected all right you're ready to roll yep. i am ready let me make it a little bit louder here okay we're good everybody welcome aboard hope you had a good weekend out there and uh, we are Live here today is Monday, October 9th, 2023. We've got Dr. Ron and Miriam Cohen on website, roncohen.org. Would you like to open us in prayer? We'll do that. You're too far away. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this time today. Lord, I thank you for your anointing, for your will, your purposes. In Jesus' name. Lord, we are at a very specific time in you with the holidays and the conclusion of your high holy days and what we've seen happening in Israel the past couple days. Lord, I ask that you could try to tie all that together for us so we could see a little bit more from the spirit realm what is happening. Bless this time in Jesus' name. So Shannon, what we're going to do this morning for the first half hour I'm going to teach on the holidays, and the holidays just com- com- concluded yesterday with Simchas Torah, and all this with a lot of what was happening in Israel the past days, which I'm sure you're aware of. Yes. And then at 10.30 my time, we're going to have a call in with Greg, our son in Israel, who will give us an update of what is happening there from his place. He lives in uh, just north of Jerusalem. Um, Our granddaughter was just called back into the military uh, Saturday night. 
which is a big deal, back into the reserve unit. Uh, all three of our grandkids have been through the IDF already, so now they'll stay in reserve, I think, until they're 50 years old. Um, but she's just been called back. So if that works out with you, Greg is ready for a call, and I'm going to do it by phone, not on Skype. You won't be able to um, patch it in from your end, I don't think. I will have to initiate it myself. Um, otherwise, it will lock him out. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm just going to call on my phone, and then we'll just be able to do it through my phone and the microphone here. Oh. It should work. Oh, okay, in that case, we could try it. If not, um, I can always do it. I can patch him in from my end. No worries. Okay, we'll go for it and try it. Yeah, because I didn't know where he was going to be, if he was going to be near his computer, okay. to be able to Skype in, or if he's at work, or whatever. Okay, sounds okay, good. Okay, let's open up today with Leviticus chapter 23, and it's called the Feast of Trumpets, or which is also known as Rosh Hashanah. And I'm saying this because this is a real, well, this is a, are the high holidays the past uh, two weeks, but it's also, uh, it's very scriptural. God wants us to be aware of all this. And it's also what was why um, Hamas attacked this week, right on the last day of, of tabernacles. So then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Leviticus uh, 23, 23, speak to the children of Israel saying in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Do no customary work. You shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Now, that's a holiday we call Rosh Hashanah. Rosh meaning head and Hashanah, Hashanah, head of the year. It was the beginning of the um, the scriptural new year, on uh, um, the secular new year in the Lord, in Israel. Um, Rosh Hashanah is, uh, was about uh, three weeks ago. I can look up the exact date now. I know Miriam and I certainly celebrated it in, in a way. Um, but it's just the celebration of the fall feast. You have the three spring feasts, you have Passover. You have uh, Shavuot, and you have Pentecost, the in-gathering. Pentecost is all happening in the springtime. Passover we're all very familiar with. And then we have the three fall feasts, and then uh, we have um, uh, just ending yesterday, Saturday night and yesterday. And you know, in Israel... um, Every day starts on the eve of the prior day, at sundown to sundown. And so yesterday was Simchas Torah, and that's rejoicing in the Torah. Uh, Every Saturday for the past years, let me just write this down, Simchas Torah. For the past years, we have a Saturday Bible study, I call it a Torah study, where we read through the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. We read it together. We read it in an exact order that's been prepared beforehand 
hundreds of years ago. So what we read uh, this last uh, Saturday, which was the conclusion of the Torah, we read Deuteronomy chapters 33 and 34, 12, and that was the finish of the Torah, the five books. And then if you went to any Jewish synagogue, the Torah is not a book, it's a scroll. It's all written on one long uh, papyrus, the real ones. Um, there are paper ones and such, but um, and I think they're about 50 feet long. And it's rolled up, and uh, by the time we got to Saturday, we were at the very end of that scroll, and then it is now rolled up all the way back to the beginning, to Genesis chapter 1, where we will also start this Saturday and during this week. So again, that is the reading that every Jew, every synagogue uh, around the world has done for years and years and years, reading the Torah through. It's interesting. A lot of Christians don't even read their Bible through or even the Torah, even a few books through every year. But this is done. Okay, so the holiday started four weeks, three, four weeks ago with um, uh, Yom Torah, with the, um, the trumpet blast, and then in verse 26, and then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the tenth day of the seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and make an offering made by fire to the Lord. You shall do no work on that day. It is a day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. Okay? Day of Atonement is also called Yom Kippur, the day of covering or the day of repentance. Between trumpets and, and Yom Kippur are ten days of examining your soul and going before the Lord and saying, God, what do I need to repent for this day? If you went to a synagogue on Yom Kippur, there would be a list of at least 50 sins um, that the Jews would ask repentance for, and they would hit their chest with their fists, you know, and uh, envy and jealousy and pride, um, and then all the sexual sins, and uh, your neighbor and such, uh, a whole list of them. And again, this is to the nation of Israel. It's not just an individual repentance. You know, what we do in church life is we ask forgiveness for our personal sins. But we don't ask forgiveness for national sins. Lord, we ask forgiveness for the United States. Lord, for Indonesia, Father, for, you know, the different countries. Lord, we ask forgiveness, Father, for our nation. Well, that's what Yom Kippur really is. It's a forgiveness of the whole nation of Israel, all the people in it and all the people that identify themselves to it. You shall do no work on it on the same day of atonement. And where it says to afflict your souls, what Jews have done for hundreds, I'd say a couple thousand of years, it's a 25-hour fast, 24 hours 
and the Orthodox add another hour to it just to make sure we got you covered from sundown to sundown. And I know Miriam and I did that. It's a 24-hour full fast, including water and food. And this is done by Jews all over the world in every synagogue and those that affiliate with the Jewish nation and people. A 24-hour fast and to afflict your souls. And also the animals are to fast. You don't feed your dog or your cat or your cows or your donkey or oxen. Amen, giraffe. I don't think, Shannon, you got a giraffe or an elephant there, but don't feed it. Amen. And um, again, it's the whole nation of Israel afflicts their soul or repents before God. And uh, they're doing that, that their names will be written in the book of life and that they'll make it to next year. Now, any person who does any work on that day, that person I will destroy from among the people. No manner of work, statute forever throughout your generations and dwelling. It shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest. Afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening to evening, and then you shall celebrate your Sabbath. Now, again, this is Old Testament. Uh, there was offerings then done. This is when the high priest went once a year into the Holy of Holies and offered the blood of the lamb and the goats, Azazel. These are all other teachings we could do sometime. But for all of us who are believers in Yeshua, in Jesus, we don't pray that our, our names are written in the book of life and we can make it to next year. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life for eternity. We don't, in a sense, worry, do we have one good year and then we're going to be eradicated from that book in that. So we have an eternal salvation with the Lamb of God. And we see in all of this, Jesus is the fulfillment of every feast of trumpets, of Rosh Hashanah, of Yom Kippur, and then tabernacles. Now, a week ago, probably nine days ago now, was the Festival of Tabernacles. And uh, Gray can even share a little bit about the tabernacle that they have in their home or in their outside in their driveway. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be a feast of tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation, no ordinary work. And then for seven days an offering is made by fire and the Sabbath. And then it ends um, with the palm branches and the waving of the eula. It's kind of like a lemon. And uh, all throughout Israel and Jews in Brooklyn and, and any Jewish neighborhoods, you'll see them living in booths or called Sukkots. Now, these are Old Testament holidays that God commanded the Jews to celebrate. But we see all of these have been fulfilled in Jesus. He is our Pentecost. He is our Rosh Hashanah. He is our atonement. The only holiday of all of them that hasn't yet been fulfilled is Tabernacles, 
where God comes down to tabernacle or live amongst us. Now, for some of us, though, we say, yes, but God has already come down and tabernacled within us. Those who are in the Lord and filled with his spirit, you know, we are now the temple of God, and uh, he is tabernacling. But there is a time in Scripture that says that Jesus himself will make his second coming, and he will come down, he will touch in, uh, in the city of Jerusalem by the Lion's Gate. And that's just about uh, four miles from where Greg lives. He might mention a little bit of that. So that's that's the past three weeks of very uh, appointed feasts and holidays in the Lord. And then it ended Saturday night with Simchas Torah, with the celebrating of the giving of the law. Well, it's interesting, this attack that Hamas did against Israel on Friday was the last day of tabernacles where the Jews were not working, where they were celebrating, where they were eating at home, feasting, festing out, or whatever. Um, It was a bit like the Yom Kippur War, where back then, they knew that no Jew would be doing any work, would be around. They would be in, in temple and in synagogue the whole time. So let me give you another little uh, summary here than what it was. We are now in the year of 5784, 5784. Well, they say there's 6,000 years. Well, we're getting toward the end of that 6,000-year period. It started with Yom Teruah, Teruah, which was the blowing of the trumpet. I'll give you a blow here. Amen. Wake up, everyone. And that the holidays are beginning. And uh, let's see what we have here. Did you hear that, Shannon? Did that come through? (laughs) Loud and clear. You did a good job. Good. And it's one blow, one long blow, announcing the beginning of the holidays. God's sounding an alarm. It's the day to stand up before his presence. And that. And then was the days of remembrance, Yom Hazikaron. Uh, those are the uh, 10 days between uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And then we have the day of judgment, Yom Hadim, um, 10 days of awe. And again, boy, we are so glad that Jesus is our sacrifice. He is the fulfillment of all of these. But God is telling us to remember All of this, God says in in the scripture, remember this. And you can say, well, that's Old Testament. But very clearly in the gospel, Jesus celebrated these feasts, these times. Uh, The book of Hebrews talks about it themselves. Um, And these are all just a shadow of what is in heaven. So this is a unifying message from God for us to wake up, come before his presence, to reason together, 
to recognize that your sins have done been completely erased. God's calling it, and we must accept it. We must not only accept, you know, the, the little prayer of salvation that we do, but we must really accept all that Jesus has done for us. He is our sacrifice in every area. Our sins have already been forgiven. And, you know, that's a whole other teaching we can do sometime, Shannon, because I still just last week were around people that said, well, I'm a sinner. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm barely, I'm saved, but I'm still a sinner. Well, we can teach on that. Should we still call ourselves a sinner if Jesus has cleansed us from all sin and made us a new creation? So we need to then recognize all this, our own shortcomings, acknowledge what we have, repent and turn. And then we had the day of affliction. Yom Kippur means covering, where the blood had to be shed. And uh, how do we do, though, if God has been calling, calling the high priests and the nation of Israel to come to the tabernacle, the temple, the big glorious temple in Jerusalem for the priest to go into the Holy of Holies to offer the sacrifice. How do we do that today if there's no temple? Temple was destroyed in AD 70, completely destroyed. If there's no priesthood, there's no real high priest. Uh, Jesus is now our high priest. Um, so again, Jews have been debating that for uh, almost 2,000 years now. How do we really celebrate all this if there isn't a temple, if there isn't a sacrifice? Uh, I don't know of any Jews in my neighborhood that killed a lamb or a goat two weeks ago and brought it to temple, um, and it wouldn't have been accepted anyway as a forgiveness and covering of their sins so anyway that is the past week uh we've ended this week now with the feast of tabernacles uh i know greg and his whole family lived in a sukkot they lived outdoors in a little booth they made or at least they had dinner in it every night and there are sukkots in temples of any anywhere anywhere in, in america in Europe, that you found a temple, you would find a sukkot there in the back where they are celebrating the great Sabbath of the Lord. Okay, so that, that's the foundation of what's been this past two weeks. And you can see that they deliberately made this attack on the last day of tabernacles, on the last day of the high holy days and knowing that the Jews would be totally unprepared for it because they would be preparing themselves to be before God. Okay, Shannon, we have any questions there, anything? And uh, yes. Howard, so, do this. Mm -hmm. so uh, what has happened in Israel is horrific. Uh, yes. But I'm shocked at the same time. When I hear reports of over 500 or more, I'm sure the count has went higher, 
of uh, families along the border towns that were slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Now, how is it uh, that that is able to occur? Uh, were these people disarmed? I th- I thought everybody had uh, personal firearms. Uh, seeing how you are surrounded by enemies. Um, yes, and do they do have it? Because I um, haven't substantiated this rumor, but I had heard that one report is a few months ago the government disarmed everybody in these border cities. Is that true or false? Well, we could ask Greg that, but I have not heard that. Um, it was certainly a surprise. It was certainly well planned out for months and months. Um, again, we know that Iran is behind it all. Sure. We've got we've got terrorist group. Uh, the Hezbollah up in Lebanon is very important for us to watch. Israel is completely watching. They are they are much greater armed than um, than the Hezbollah has been. Uh, what's what happened in uh, in Gaza? You know, but these all terrorist groups. Again, there's been a question on the news. How? What did Israel do to allow this to happen? They they have the highest intelligence in the world. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, I mean, Gaza's completely next door, twenty feet away from it from Israel. Well, here's part of the it, problem: George it, Bush Jr. Uh, forced Israel to withdraw from Gaza in 2005. He's yes, got blood on his that. hands. So does America, and this would not have happened. Uh, had they not, the Israelis not been forced to give up land that they own by right. You know, I think it's high time. Uh, and it's probably unlikely, but I think it's high time Israel go and take all the land that belongs. And they had to take Gaza back, take Lebanon back, go for it all. Of course, I don't think that's going to happen yes. until Christ comes back. But, you know, enough's enough. Um, and, and the other thing, Shannon, do you think the Gazians are any better off now that they have their own state? No, they destroyed the land. Uh, that place it, was very well it, cultivated it, it themselves. Uh-huh. under the Israelis. Oh. And then when they were forced to to leave, it, it turned in like a Tijuana, Mexico. Um, now, am I correct that 1967, excuse me, the 73 war, was that the Yom Kippur war? It is, and it was. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so how let's, would, let's see here. How Shannon, is the government... Oh, okay, go ahead. I know this excites you. <laughs> Let me. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm angry at what is going on here. I mean, this is preposterous that this was allowed to happen. It's worldwide. It's worldwide. And uh, I pray God avenge. It's time for Hamas to be destroyed to the last man. Amen. Okay, let's see. Greg, you you on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Shannon's all excited already. (laughs) I don't know if, Greg, you can hear me, but I can hear you. Welcome back. This is going to be really poor quality. I wish we could have done it another way, but oh well. (laughs) Well, I didn't know where you were going to be if you you wanted to Skype in or not. Um, But I hear you, and uh, you're just on the phone. but you can hear Mike. You can hear Shannon. I can hear Shannon. Mm-hmm. Okay, Shannon. Great, but I can hear him. You hear Shannon? You hear Greg? I can hear Greg. Yes, sir. 
Okay. Are you near your computer, Greg? I just didn't want to. I didn't know if you were working or how to Skype you in and how it was going to go with Shannon. Okay, let's see what we can do. Um, so I got you right okay, near our me. phone. I hear you fine. Okay. Go ahead. So let's see. So Shannon, uh, Shannon, how do we want to do this? Do you, do you want to open it up? Absolutely. Greg, so, so um, then was what's going on the past bit? Greg, uh, I hope you and your family are safe. How are you doing? Hmm. Um, okay, brother Ron. Um, how did you call him on his cell phone? I called on his cell phone. Yes. Okay. I think I have that, and if so, I can call him and just patch him right in and get him closer. Okay. Um, okay. I didn't know if he was working today, where he was at. Oh, no but worries. go ahead and do No worries. I think I have that. Let me look here just a second. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I don't. I've got his Skype. Um, do you know, does he have Skype on phone? Uh, he might. Okay. Um, tell, tell you what. Let me try just patching in and see if he picks up. Hold on a second. Okay. It's worth a try. Stand by. Do you want to try texting me uh, on WhatsApp, Greg's cell phone? I had it at one time, but I don't seem to have my uh, had it in my phone. But I, I had to reset my whole Rolodex. Lost it. Okay. Uh, is going to yeah, he's Skype. Not pick- He's not picking up Skype there. Oh, wait a minute. I have another Skype form. I think there's two. So let me try this other one here. Hold on. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Give me just a minute. Okay. I see another one. Okay. Let's try this one. Yep, I'm not getting a ring on that. Uh, the The only way I know to do it is if you send me his cell phone number, then I can just patch him in directly. Mm-hmm. You have his cell phone number, honey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take your time. We're doing it. No, I'm not, I mean, I'm outraged by what's going on. I've got many questions. Um, you know... You would think that the IDF would be on special alert, especially this is the 50th anniversary of the Yom, Yom Kippur, Kippur War. Yes. I mean, good grief. And But, you know, people make mistakes. Um, Russia's made a lot of mistakes in their war against Ukraine. So, you know, America's made their share of mistakes, uh, like we pulled out of Afghanistan. Come on. Now, I'm hearing that all the arms that we left behind in Afghanistan, some of them are showing up over there in the hands of Hamas, who's using them against Israel right now? Go figure. Sure. Uh, was that was that planned? Sort of like Hillary Clinton and uh, what she did over there in Libya, leaving arms for the terrorists. I mean, you know, I've got a lot of questions here. Uh, this is ridiculous that this has to happen, and you've got you know a thousand people who've been murdered, and uh, 
again, in Switzerland, everybody, by law, has to have a machine gun and ammo. Mm. I mean, God forbid Israel doesn't have the same rule uh, because you're surrounded by enemies, and I've known for a long time that you've got to have uh, pilots sitting on the tarmac because you've got three minutes to get in the air. Uh, if you've got an inbound attack by air, so um, was this just a goof? and um, Or is there something else afoot here? Now, uh, I also want to get your opinion on what do you really think about Netanyahu being back in again? Does he have Israel's I've, best I've, interest I've always, in mind? I've always liked him. I've always liked him. Now, why is the call declined? Okay. It looks like Greg has popped up here on uh, Skype, so let me bring this in here. You know, I stand with Israel unconditionally. Let me just be clear on that. Um, but I, uh, I have many questions on how this happened. Okay. Hello, Greg. Do we have you patched in? Check and see if you're muted, Greg. See if you've got a mute switch on your headset. Or maybe we should bring Greg in on uh, cell phone, Brother Ron. Did you send me his phone number yet? I'm waiting for him to give it to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's probably going to be the only way to get him in uh, reliably because I don't know that he's used Skype in a while. It may not be set up. Um, Greg, I need your cell phone number or Shannon needs it. Yep. Yeah, I had it. And um, when I moved from my iPhone over to a new account, I lost all my contacts on that phone. It's all gone. But I have some of them in my Skype. Um, So... I haven't watched the footage, but I've heard many reports of footage of uh, families being mowed down by these uh, terrorists. And my question is, is how does on this... Okay, hang on. Okay, uh, let's see. I see a phone number there. Hey, Greg, are you connected? Uh, see if you're muted, Greg, because we can't hear a thing. Go into your Skype settings if you can hear me. The little three dots, audio and video, and you got to select your microphone. He knows how to do that. Uh, see if you have a mute switch on, Greg. We don't there need video. We We're not doing video, okay, just we audio. We don't need you live. None of us are live. Uh, your microphone isn't working, Greg. Go into Skype and check the mic. Um. In Skype, look at the three dots and go down to audio and video. And then scroll down to where it says microphone, and you're going to need to select the microphone. But you're on a wireless, so you might have a mute switch somewhere you need to hit. Oh, there you go. Testing, testing. Ah, yeah, we, we got you. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, no worries. Well, we got you connected, man. How are you and your family doing? You all right? Oh, it's crazy. It's a it's the most craziest thing. We're at war. God We're officially at war. Greg, um, there are reports coming in that I've heard that the uh, families in the border towns were disarmed a few months ago. Is that true, or is that just a, a, a terrible rumor? 
uh, at that that okay. So just to give you the general background, the the Israeli general Israeli public is not allowed to own weapons or have possession of weapons. The general public, really. If you live, that's correct. We don't have uh, we do not have any kind of Second Amendment here whatsoever. The exception to that is we are allowed if you live in a settlement like uh, we do, we can go apply for a, a personal weapon for protection my landlord uh, has a pistol obviously he's got it on him now at all times right we're allowed to go in and out of society we're allowed to go into jerusalem we just always have to have our uh, israeli id with us at all times anytime you go into any store or any place like that of course you have to and you can't have it hidden there's no concealed no one has concealed except for the israeli police um, so no one's allowed to have concealed, but you can carry it on your outside if you're licensed. So what you'll see, like if you go into the grocery store over in our settlement, we have a big grocery store down the street where all the settlements go to. You'll go in there and you'll see, I'm saying 20 to 30 percent of the men uh, normally have their weapon uh, on their side. So that's always the case. That's always the case. Uh, but the, the settlements in all the kibbutz and moshavim um, – I'm sorry. I said it in Hebrew. The kibbutz and the – I don't know how you say Moshavs. It's Moshavs, I guess is how you would say it in English. The Moshavs um, along that area are not in a settlement, quote unquote. So they were never allowed to be armed uh, in general. Okay. So, so this is this this information. I'm not sure where that came from. Now the difference is is some of the men that live there. And I, they don't discriminate. If you want to be part of the security, the heat kanut, they say it's yeah. called, to be, the be ready uh, team, uh, you can volunteer um, and you can be part of that security, uh, civilian volunteer security. But you have to go through training and all those things like that. But it's not something where you can just walk around with it in Israel proper. Like if you go into Tel Aviv, you will not see anyone with a weapon unless they're from a settlement that happened to be in Tel Aviv at that time because we have millions of citizens right obviously and uh, the settlements so I'm sorry to go on but that just want to make sure that okay. uh, that you hear, you hear that that well I wanted to get the uh, the correct story because again I that just rumors as far as I was concerned to we got more data but um, of course everybody's always seen uh, active duty military male or female required to carry the guns at all time and it's a common scene even in Jerusalem soldiers with their with their rifle um, how is it though that uh, Israel is one of the few countries that demands service from everybody but then after the military uh, you don't get to go home with your weapon I mean look at Switzerland for example they don't have the threats that Israel does and everybody there is required to have a weapon it sounds like y'all got a problem just like in America with some liberals because uh you're literally a stone's throw, pun intended, from people that could kill you, and you have no means to protect yourself right there on the border? Unless yeah, uh, I, special I, permit? I, yeah, so what happens with, like, um, like when um, before the war broke out uh, two days ago, we must remember this is all very fresh right now. It's a yes. very, very intense situation. When Seth would go do his uh, military service, because Seth is a combat soldier. Okay. Okay. So when he goes to do his two weeks a year and does a weekend here and there throughout the year as a reservist, they, of course, the first thing they do is they check out their weapons. They need to requalify in their weapons. 
they need to you know that's that's always every year they all the reservists requalify them if they're combat shira is a reservist an officer in the reserves she's currently on active duty so is seth we'll talk about that in a little bit but shira um she only goes to a range once a year when she to qualify as an officer she must be qualified on a weapon m16 and a pistol of course a nine millimeter that's because she's an officer but seth it's different because when he goes to do two weeks of uh reserve duty they play practice war so it's not just a matter of requalifying the weapon they actually have the weapon with them they sleep with the weapon you know it's at their side at all times so that's so that's how they handle the reserves it is different um they only soldiers that are allowed to carry their weapons home is while they're on active duty and not all the soldiers are allowed to take their weapons home to active duty so wow. it's a it's a very unique situation but you guys uh, i mean obviously ron made aliyah he's an israeli citizen so you guys and you've been here before shannon when you see all those soldiers on the buses and on the streets and they all wearing their m16s that's on purpose the israeli government does that on purpose they want the soldiers walking around because it doesn't scare the average israeli it makes the average israeli feel secure the tourists that come it makes them feel insecure because they're not used to seeing so many kids I'm, and I didn't mean that in a respectful way young people 18 19 20 year olds walking around getting on and off buses in uniform with an M16 uh, you know around their shoulders well what can you do you're surrounded by people that want to kill you um, this is I, correct I hope this is a wake-up call to the government that uh, if you don't allow the populace to be armed what's to keep it from happening again I mean this is horrific number one Um Absolutely. I stand with Israel unequivocally, as I said to Brother Ron, Sister Miriam, and I would that Israel would go and just take Gaza, Lebanon, kill every last Hamas, but it, they're probably not going to do it. Uh, you've got a lot of people that try to stop you, like the UN, sadly. Uh, right. What are they doing, by the way? Yeah, not enough, but I will say, as you guys have all seen, um, the EU put the Israeli flag on their mast yesterday. That was a big deal. That has mm. never happened before. So there has been a lot of – I don't know if you guys saw um, the uh, – in Germany, Berlin, they put the Israeli flag on the uh, the gate. Oh, escapes my mind the name of the gate. The famous gate we've all seen since World War II. Yeah, Brandenburg. Yeah. Yep. Brandenburg. What, what's the name? Yeah, the gate. Yeah, mm. thank you. Thank you, Ron. So anyway, so they put that. So there is – and this is the political clout that Israel has. And so – we need op- I, I said uh, the video I, I and the post I put on my Facebook was is pray for Israel. We need a, a definitive and quick response because the political crowd uh, will not last very long. And I, yeah. you know, so we it, it's and again these are terrorists. What they did was 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 cowardless. What they did. Uh, what yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen all the stories. There was this big um, New Age party in the desert, which of course we don't agree from, but we don't want to see terrorists enter into a New Age festival and literally open fire on kids, teenagers, God and they Lord. killed 270 young people hmm. as they fled like cows, like cattle, like sheep. So these are not soldiers. Soldiers don't do that. Terrorists do that. 
So we have to understand that this is this is so serious. Israel's never declared war according to Article 40 of our Israeli Basic Law. We've declared war after the fact. The Lebanon and the Lower, you know, those were the actions where we we've not declared war on an entity like we have now. This is the first time we've declared war on the. Hamas organization. Well, it's about time. So, how many years yes, have you about, been fired on mm-hmm. almost on a, a daily basis? Rockets, and you should show rockets. restraint for that. Let one day of rockets be fired against America, and we would have declared war. And um, I mean, this is unfair that you have to have this kind of restraint. Now, here's the million dollar question: mm-hmm. Is Netanyahu for Israel or is he not? Okay, so. There's two ways I want to look at this. I want to tell you first and foremost that Netanyahu is our, I believe, legitimately elected uh, representative of the of the people. And, and as you saw, we've been having this civil war just like in America, a political civil war. This is a cultural civil war that we've been dealing with for months. All these um, these big hundred thousand people showing up in Tel Aviv. That is the culture war. Is again, as as we know as Americans, right? America has been in a cultural civil war for decades. It is just getting more and more intense. Well, Israel's in the same situation. So we've seen the full manifestation with hundreds of thousands at one point actually protesting on Thursday evening the government. So I would say in all of that, that's their right to protest. Well, of course, they shouldn't break the law doing all that. But Bibi Netanyahu is the prime minister, okay? So that's one thing. Now, is he connected to all the New World Order? Is he connected? Where does he really stand? Is he really a liberal? Is he really a true conservative? I will just say in general, he is centrist. I think he's centrist. He's not a radical right, and he's not a radical left. I'm just thinking I'm – I'm not trying to say where his ties are, where his money comes from, or all these different things. I'm just giving you the general overall opinion. I will say that half of Israel, the secular Israelis, a lot of people think he's been in power too long and has just gone to his head. Okay, so I, I w- I'm of the opinion that I would not agree with that. Okay, like any politician, they've been in power forever. All they want to do is stay in power. It's hard for them to get off that power trip. So there's an issue there. But what I'm trying to say is right now, he is the prime minister of Israel. He does have responsibility to the, to the people. There is a lot of politics involved in all of this. Don't be naive to that. There will be, there will be. I want to say, I don't want to say his downfall, but it could be the the what's the word I'm trying to look for. His downfall could be because of this, because ultimately the finger may point just like Golda Meir back in '73. She lost the government because of the Yom Kippur War, but not during the Yom Kippur War. Well, let me qualify okay? what I said when I said uh, when I asked, "Is he for Israel?" Not. Um, when I say being for Israel, that means someone who is going to unequivocally safeguard all the land that God has promised Israel. Not one inch should ever be brokered as a, you know, land for peace. So um, there's been talks, he, rumors that he has been uh, at the negotiation table. Is he trying to negotiate a deal, uh, including giving up some land, or a peace deal with no land exchanged? Hopefully okay, so here's uh, you 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 know the whole Shimon Peres started the land for peace thing, right? right. A long time ago, twenty years ago. Okay, yes. um, BB is not in that camp. At the same time, he does want to have Israel is a it is a startup nation. He's basically holds a lot of uh, rec- um, 
uh, account not accountability. He res- he receives a lot of respect as our finance minister in the nineties as prime minister to getting Israel's economy going. But what a lot of people don't know is, and he wrote about this. It's in writing. The main reason he says we have to get this economy going is because it's the only way we're going to be able to afford to defend ourselves from our enemies. That's a fact. He wrote about that. That's an opinion pieces that were in all kinds of papers in the in the nineties. We Israel has to take risk. We have to gamble on the startup nation. We need to borrow a lot of money. We need to put money into all these startups wherever we can because the only way Israel can afford the eight and soon to be sixteen F thirty fives from America. You guys understand how expensive those things are, right? right? You're talking billions of dollars to buy these weapons. And people say, oh, we give $3 billion a year to America. That doesn't even come close to what it costs to defend this tiny little nation, as you said earlier, Shannon. So Bibi Netanyahu is for Israel. Will he compromise on the land? I don't believe so. That's why Good. he's under all this attack. He is under all this attack right now by the left in this country and by the papers in this country for most part because he won't compromise. He doesn't want to compromise so that's that's our big problem right now is and by the way he was right there when the knesset signed the 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 um the statement the declaration it's on paper the in the in the in the in the city center this declaration is israel you know the knesset passed a bill and declared that israel that jerusalem is the eternal capital of israel Bibi Netanyahu was right there during all of that. So this, there is no when. So when Saudi Arabia, he was getting so excited about Saudi Arabia, Shannon. I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, but I just wanted to get some of this information out because people may not have heard these angles. So he is he willing to compromise? Will he accept a two uh, two nation state? The very political things he's done and the parties he's made are never going to agree to two two state solution politically. Okay, he's in bed with the. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean he is in a a coalition government with the conservative and the ultra conservatives. So that's not going to happen in the current government that's standing right now, which has a very slim majority in the Knesset. But Bibi Netanyahu has always said, if you go back and look at his video clips, you watch his interviews, he's always said that Jerusalem is the eternal capital of the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Okay, he's made that statement and when he said that you got to understand that the Saudi Arabians said we're ready to make peace with Israel, but there's one thing and they, and it's the prince let this out. There must be a two-state solution with East Jerusalem being the capital of the Palestinian state. Oh I will tell you right now there is no way Bibi Netanyahu will ever ever agree to that. There is no way. I'm talking personally. He doesn't believe that. He might think, okay, if they want to use Ramallah as a capital and have two states, he might be open to that. What it would take to get Bibi Netanyahu to accept Jerusalem being divided into two capitals is – I do not believe that's – I don't – no matter how many people want to try him to the New World Order, that he's buddies with all these evil people in the world, you know, even if you're buddy with evil people, the, everyone has a an eternal – border, that red line that they're not going to cross. I do not believe he would ever agree to that, Shannon. Sorry well, we for going off so long. No, that's actually great I, information. Then we need to pray for him. Greg, because uh, Greg, we don't want him to... scriptural basis for a two-state solution. Nowhere will, will they find it in the Bible. 
Ron, you're you're the you're the guy with all the big degrees. I agree 100% with you. That is, it's not a biblical position, and I don't think it's a prophetic position, except for the compromise that I believe will happen at some point, which will be will be right in the middle of the tribulation during those times. Um, could you do this, Greg? I just finished a half hour talking about Yom Teruah. Um, yes, sir. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Tabernacles. And then yesterday was the finishing of Simchas HaTorah. And I just shared what that was in a brief overview. But we see that they strategically picked the last day of Tabernacles to do this invasion. Can you pick up on that and just say, where was Israel then? I mean, basically, it's like if 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 they pick Thanksgiving or here to do something like that. You know, most of America would have been partying out somewhere else. Their heads would have been any in any place thinking we're going to be invaded. Right, um, and I, I, Ron, you're so correct, and I can, I can just want to, I just want to say something. There's already been soldiers out there. There was actually one of the which I don't agree with. Okay, from a biblical point of view, I do not believe that women should be in combat. I know that's not very modern sounding and all these things, but I think there are biblical reasons for that. You're right. Okay. Okay, so but some of these young ladies, I don't know if you guys heard, they made it into one of the units that was female an experiment female combat unit. Okay. She's probably gonna get a lot of trouble, but she did some interviews, she's been putting information out there. She she said what she shouldn't say as any soldier on the border is we were completely taken by surprise she shouldn't have said that okay that's not a good soldier in that sense okay i understand she's giving an honest opinion but when you become a soldier in israel just like those of us who served in the u.s military when you sign that contract i served for six years you are um you are you actually uh surrender your first amendment right a lot of people don't know that you fall under a different code of law you fall under the Universal Military Justice Code of Law, which is completely a different set of laws um, for the U.S. military. You lose your rights. You are prosecuted. You are – if all these things – I only saying all that was is Israel, obviously, any modern army in the world, nation has to have that. So I'm only saying that because I want to connect it back to your question, which is such a good question. How did this happen? Okay, so what I'm saying is this soldier gave us a glimpse into the insight. They were on Shabbat Manning, and not just Shabbat Manning. They were on Shabbat plus holiday Manning. Okay, all right. So they were absolutely at a minimum, minimum number of people to keep the place even somewhat what we call functional. You have, and of course, all of our kids served. All of our kids have done guard duty on their bases. Okay, and they all hate it because you're in a tower or you're at a some checkpoint around your base. You're there, and they all do four-hour watches, and they all take turns doing it. So no one has to do it every night from you know from from ten to two. They do it ten to two, two to six, six to ten, twenty-four-seven. Okay, so all soldiers have to participate in in the in guarding their own bases, and then some soldiers like. Seth even sometimes were responsible for guarding out. So we have insight to this situation. So they took – this is so calculated, 
Ron, this is 50 years in one day, which maybe you already covered. This is exactly on the Gregorian calendar, not the not the Jewish calendar, not our Israeli calendar, but on the Gregorian calendar. This invasion happened on 50-year anniversary plus one day to the Yom Kippur War. Well, good. Grief. All right. Uh, wouldn't you think uh, that could be a high potential for attack? I mean, just like 911 anniversaries, you would have a guard out there, but um, apparently not. No, because if you go back and if you guys ever read up, I have a couple different books on the Yom Kippur War, and when you read up to it and the analysis and all the 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 you know the that was done afterwards, okay, it became clear that Israel had become had such a great victory in '67 that they became complacent. Every nation is capable of complicity, and we all know that. This is yes. our 9-11, not just because of what happened, not because of the tragic loss of life. This is our 9-11 because we were caught off guard. I don't want to go into all the things that possibly caused 9-11, but one thing's for sure that it caught, quote-unquote, America off guard. Is that You know what I'm saying? We all know that all there's so many things that most likely what really caused we none of us i don't think even the average american i don't think buys the official line now 9-11 so this is israel's 9-11 and they took advantage of that very simple fact ron that not only was it shavuot i mean sukkot the end of sukkot it was a shabbat and it was simchat torah these are not it wasn't like a bunch of people were out partying and getting drunk except for the kids in the couple thousand kids in the desert they were secular those are it was a new age festival there was statues of buddha and all this stuff and unfortunately it's tragedy what happened to him wow but for the average person a lot of those settlements you guys know along that area are very religious those are very religious settlements right so they it was it was the perfect time if you're going to attack they hadn't fired rockets. It's been really quiet. They did that for months, actually. If you guys checked that, we didn't have any rockets for many, many months. Okay, it was a complete setup. There was nothing going on too much on the border. It was complete, and it was a, it was it was Sukkot, it was Shabbat, it was Simchat Torah. So you say yes, that would when we'd be the most vulnerable. I agree, Shannon. From that point of view, you would think they would think we were very vulnerable. But I think in general we were there was some complacency. Will there be some heads that roll at the end? Has to be. Yeah. Politically, someone's heads are going to roll. People are going to get fired. Heads are going to roll. You don't do that now. You obviously don't do that. I, I think it's a little bit dis. I don't think it's productive. As I've seen so sure. many Israelis criticizing right now, I think there are going to be a time for that. Um, but Agreed. I understand why because Israeli Jewish culture. We always have, you know, you got three, two Jews, you got three opinions in the room, right? We're opinionated, we're pushy, we're over the top sometimes. That's the culture. You argue. The difference is, is that when you we get in those situations, we still love on each other afterwards, which is not always the case in other cultures. Well, you know, but uh, anyway, prepared or not, um, they have done this against Israel. There should be no mercy, mm-hmm. uh, and. Am I correct that uh, actually Iran is behind all this? I think it's high time Israel strike and strike hard. The hell what America thinks or the UN thinks. It's time to take all back. Now, of course, that's what I would do. And probably what's going to happen doesn't happen like I want it to happen. Uh, It looks like it's going to get worse until Israel cries out for Messiah. But... um, that 
and that's all that as we as believers shannon that is our goal that's why i've been in israel for 26 years that's why my ministry is what it is it's so small and all this because but my hope my future my my belief is it's going to be these exact maybe not these circumstances right now but circumstances like this that will give us the best hope that kol israel yivisha that all israel will be saved right well, probably and that when- is not a statement that is not a a a statement that paul is making is as ron can teach us that is not a statement about your genes being Jewish or not. That is about the nation of Israel, the return nation of Israel, the prophetic word being fulfilled, the two prophets witnessing every circumstances and all the situations happening in life like we've never expected. That will happen. And what I'm trying to say is, is that that is the hope. But in those times, in those circumstances, in those situations, when it's obvious that that God is supernaturally protected Israel from total destruction – whether that's a supernatural shield that all the nuclear weapons will bounce off, I hope so. But that will be such a testimony, okay, after the abomination and desolation and all that. All those things are really going to happen. That's when I believe that, that, that we'll have the greatest opportunity uh, to share the gospel, that those who are willing to stand on the Torah, to stand on the prophets, the Nevi'im, Ve'kutvim, the writings, those who are willing to stand it, those who are here in Israel and around the world, the Jewish people are willing to say, oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying? We've been duped, we've been this and that, and then all the believers say, here, Yeshua is your Messiah, he is Jewish, he is the Messiah, Jews to the salva- salvation to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile, it's a it's God's program. It's not his favoritism. It's his program. When all those things happen and they are fulfilled, all would be filled. And so, um, I, Shannon, I got to run. I have a meeting in Thank one you. minute that I have to go to. Thank you for coming I'll on, let, my friend. I'll, I'll let Ron follow up and finish up. But, Ron, yes, you're right. It was the absolute most vulnerable time to attack, and we didn't see it coming. And, unfortunately, uh, there was a price to be paid. But Shannon, I will want to say this is the Israel is mobilized. I don't know if you guys saw, they have called up three hundred thousand reservists. Never happened. It's going to cost us billions of shekels. Our economy is going to be hurt so bad by all this. But they will, and they are planning to. It says I've even heard one general say if it means going in Aza door to door. Okay looking for weapons Hamas now remember Hamas is going to try to they're just going to disappear they're going to hide their weapons they're going to hide it's 2 million people it's a very dense population they're going to try to just hide so we have to rescue attempt to rescue our 100 hostages we have to they have to pay a price but this is not just about disarming this is about dismantling Hamas and we are going to lose potentially hundreds of soldiers. There's going to be potentially thousands of innocent civilians, Gazans, who will lose their life because Hamas is a terrorist organization, has not built military bases in the outskirts of town. They have built enclaves within the most densest areas of civilian populations. Absolutely, you guys have heard in the past that to protect and to shield. They are absolutely, completely, 100% open to using human shields. That is the Islamic mindset. Human shields are not a bad thing to them. If the women and children die, they're automatic with Allah. It's a guaranteed trip to, to heaven. They have a completely different mindset. And oh, yeah. it is in the West just doesn't seem to get that sometimes. Well, before they're you not go, playing by Western standards or rules. This is only happening because Bush forced Israel to give up Gaza. 
back in 2005. So there's hell to pay in America for this. Have a great day over there, brother, and we're praying for you. We love you. One thing, one thing uh, let me mention. Um, we've all seen, though, President Biden has completely stood behind Israel, declaring it war, and giving Israel full freedom to retaliate. They have, so, and and I'm thankful for that, but you guys... They they will, but here so pray that Israel is definitive that we will we will mass a hundred thousand troops on the border that we will go in step by step that his that the that, that Hezbollah guys pray for that Hezbollah does not get involved, all right. Biden does not want Iran involved. He's sending a carrier group here. You guys saw that. He does absolutely does not because if Hezbollah gets involved, we have full out Israel has it will have no alternative then but to bomb Iran's nuclear capabilities. That could be the that could be the the I said the ten of the day. Yes. That could be the shot heard around the world. And remember, it only takes one shot. Okay, so Hezbollah said just a few hours ago, we are not involved with these mortars being shot into Israel. This is not us. They absolutely don't want this. But what I'm trying to say, all it takes is one brigade of Hezbollah to storm the the northern border and escalate. Then the other brigades say, we have to stand with our brothers, and then they'll open up fire. And even if Hezbollah absolutely fears the U.S. and absolutely fears the F-35s and this carrier group on, on its way here, that doesn't mean the one bullet around the world that was heard around the world like in the American War of Independence, it could still well, go World, World, like World fire. World War I was started with one sh- one bullet. That's exactly right. Okay, yeah. love you, brothers. Love and you, brother. I got to go. I got a meeting. God bless. Okay, one thing we need to talk about, though, that, uh, well, I think he's gone. Okay. Yeah, he's gone. Shannon, the questions that I've been get asked um, yeah, sure. many, many times now, is this the beginning of the tribulation? Is this the beginning of the three years? Is this the beginning of the rapture? Um, is Jesus coming next week on account of this? Um, those are all pretty deep theological questions that we can talk about. Uh, I certainly have my opinion. It may be different than Greg's opinion on it um, because these scriptures can all be interpreted from several lights, several viewpoints. Um, many say the beginning of tribulation started in AD 70 with the destruction of the temple um, and all of that is scripturally correct also so anyway these are good conversations uh, for yes. people people need to be theologically on solid ground and not just throwing out thoughts let's extend um, another um, six minutes if you can do that five minutes uh, something just popped up on my radar a couple days ago. And I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it or not, but have you seen this interview with Janie Duvall, who was a producer for Sid Roth for 25 years? She's got her own YouTube um, I, channel. I, I did not, but okay. I, I do know her. So she's got a guy on there named Craig Bond, and I've got to send this to you. And uh, he's coming on there talking about uh, all the reasons why he believes king charles is the antichrist now that aside i've heard that before but i had not heard most of the material that he came up with regarding the cop 28 conference that's coming up in um in uae i guess it's uae coming up uh, again my my thoughts is i've heard that several several times uh he has the financial backing the people backing 
I think he's too old to be the Antichrist. Well, put that aside for a moment, but I'm talking specifically about COP28. Have you heard about COP28? Um, I just heard it from Shannon at one time. Okay. I only heard it a few days ago. And so, of course, yes. they've got the thing called the Abrahamic House, which has already been built. There's a mosque, a synagogue, and a Christian church right over there in, uh, where is that, UAE, Abu Dhabi. And um, there's a bunch of information that is targeting this summit that's coming up in December that Craig Bond believes will actually signal the start of the seven-year tribulation with this seven-year treaty that they want to sign. And interestingly enough, Netanyahu is supposed to be there with a thousand-person delegation from Israel. I don't know how the war is going to impact that or not, but I want you to take a look at this because um, what blows my mind is the agreement that is being it's it's basically the fulfillment of the great reset you know we thought it was about klaus schwab but actually the the kingpin of it all is uh king charles and uh all that this group wants to put the world into where you owe nothing and be happy all mm-hmm. the climate change you know there's uh i think two dozen uh bullet points that they're, they're going to be covering and they want to sign this worldwide treaty. And um, I want you to look at this thing because I've never seen this kind of information before. I don't know anybody who's talking about COP28. But this is apparently the fulfillment of these meetings they've been having, you know, these agenda meetings in yes. past years, starting well, back at the, the Paris Accords. The meetings. Uh-huh. The uh, what was that, 93 Paris Accords? So, um, a universal treaty. Now, that would be very interesting if that marks a seven-year covenant. Uh, what would that mean if the countdown is on? One of these days, it's going to be on. Undoubtedly, we know it will be. Uh, and what do we do when the um, the firing shot for the tribulation has started? Boy, I think we're, we're some of our priorities may change when we realize we've got X number of days down left. Uh, how are you going to send that to me? Uh, email gonna, or uh, WhatsApp is that best or email? I can send it either way. Either way or both. Ninety yeah. seconds. So I want you to take a look at this, and um, we'll get some thoughts on it next program we do. And uh, thank you for bringing Greg on. Now I'll tell you something. Um, if anybody's to blame for what happened down to the border, it's the liberals. Just like we got the crazy liberals in this country over here, they want to disarm everybody, and they're making people jump through hoops. Uh, I tell you what I would do is I'd be going to get me an Uzi pretty quick uh, because mm. uh, it looks like there's not going to be anybody there to protect you. 60 seconds. Uh, when trouble comes One next thing, time either. Everything everything that you brought up, though, has to be laid aside as Scripture, laid next to Scripture. Um, yeah, you know, whereas you know, I would want Israel to... The rapture theories, yes. To, 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 I mean, so, to go after all, they're, they're clearly not going to do it. In fact, they're not going to have all the land until Christ comes back, but... In terms of uh, the seven-day countdown, yeah. Oh, he lays the case for that. So I'm going to send it to you, and you go through it, and then you give me your educated opinion on it. Uh, I haven't seen okay. any information I, like I this before. At that time, 05, uh, when the two-state solution was sitting right on, on everyone's desk, yep. everyone's front door, it surprised me how many Israelis were for it. I would think they would all be against it. Ten seconds. For it thinking that it would be some form of peace. We want peace at any cost, they would say. 
Yeah, but... But the cost might be greater. Well, of course. You cannot compromise on the land that God has given you. Not even one inch. But sadly, you have a lot of liberals in Israel, just like in America. And we've got a lot of uh, 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 people that are just deceived. So, you know, it, it's the, it's the uh, perfect opportunity for the enemy to, to pounce on that weakness. Uh, it's just unfair what happened. But um, I'm with Israel all the way. I just hope that they go back and they're, uh, they go all the way this time and really get something for this trouble. Uh, and again, I don't know how many people um, remember 2005 where all this started. Bush pressuring Israel, and I remember the footage. He put pressure on the IDF, and they were going in there and pulling people out of their homes and the settlements and throwing them out. And, uh, you know, America paid a heavy price with Hurricane Katrina, and so did the uh, prime minister at that time. Uh, He went into a stroke and never recovered. Yeah, and again, it was right after 9-11. Could be four years after, but it was still fresh in everyone's mind. And... um, uh, we still we still don't know the jury's still out on nine eleven. We don't know all the oh, facts. I, I about believe, one. I'm pretty certain what happened there, but that's another whole story. Uh one more question before we go. Uh as part of the land that God gave Israel and the twelve tribes, didn't he give Gaza and Lebanon also to Israel? Oh for sure. And Sinai. And Sinai, right? Um, yeah, for sure. All up of to that. up to uh, Mount Sinai, that's over in Saudi Arabia. So, all that belongs to Israel. What about Egypt? Did did they get Egypt also? No, um, just just the Sinai part of it. But one thing to watch scripturally: Egypt is going to end up siding with Israel at the very end times. Okay, okay, that's a that's and a good point. Zechariah, Zephaniah. Um, interesting then to see where where that goes. Um, you know, the sad part is, brother Ron. Uh, in times like this, you see who's a friend of Israel and who's not. I'm really appalled at the people that call themselves Christians in the church who are not with Israel. I said either you're with Israel or you're with the Philistines. How can there be any other way? Um, we are part of the commonwealth of Israel if you're a Gentile believer in, in Messiah. How can you not have 100% um, love for Israel and stand behind them and the right to all the land that God gave them, except that you've got some twisted theology in the church, which is some people think that they've replaced Israel. That's total BS. Yeah, But also the ultra-Orthodox aren't completely for the nation of Israel as it is. They aren't. Really. Okay, so look at we're on the 20th, not next week, but we're on the 23rd. Is that correct? That's it. God bless you and thank you for coming on today. What shall we title this broadcast for the Archive? Oh, boy. We covered a lot of ground today. An update um, from the ground. Uh, let's see. Well, we've got, we've got a, we started with the holidays. The holiday, the holidays into war. Okay, sounds good. God bless you both. Thank you for coming on today. Okay, let me know what we're doing in November. Sounds good. Okay, bless you. Love you guys. Love you. And, uh, Okay, folks, sorry I was pushed for time there. Uh, We're running late. Let's get Brother Michael on. He's standing by.